0: <laughs> it would be a Walsh fan, eh? I'm
1: going full. People might win. winning here for Walsh. in the shot. What a goal! Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the latest Wolves Fancast preview episode. Coming towards the end of an international break, our Mexican hero Ralph Jimenez plays at something like 3 a.m. Thursday morning. Once that's done, we're we're fully focused back on Wolves. But we thought we'd jump the gun a bit. Uh, as always, thanks for tuning in, supporting, listening. Um, as always, Pixel Yay Media, Sports Shop Kingswinford. Thanks for their support. If you've not seen already on our Wolves uh, Twitter page at Wolves Fancast, we're doing an old gold giveaway. All you have to do is uh, retweet the post and follow Wolves Fancast, and we'll be giving away one of these lovely retro Wolves shirts, the two good year and one with store. So, yeah, get over to our Twitter page. It's the pinned tweet at the moment. All you have to do is retweet and follow. Gully, how are uh,
2: we? I was just going to say that um, the. The wolf head shirt, the Good Year one. That was my first wolf shirt. Always brings
1: back memories. That shit does. What shirt? What's, what's your sort of first memory that comes back when you see that shirt?
2: Well, I don't. I don't actually remember my first ever game. Um, it's uh, interestingly. I'll have, to, I'll have to blame my dad for that because I would not think he even knows. But um, yeah, it was Robbie Keane's first season. Uh, Bull kind of on his way out, and knees were giving in. And FA Cup semi-final, I think, really was the the first proper memories I have as all. Well,
1: it's bonkers thinking how regimented we've been playing sort of five at the back now for a few years. But we played five at the back in the FA Cup semi-final and it didn't work that day either. Semi-finals and five at the back just ain't We beat Leeds with it didn't we? Yeah, but semi-finals and five at the back. Against Arsenal though. <laughs> <laughs> we had our chances that day. It's it, it all fell down to the manager didn't he? with his managerial yeah. choices, Steve Claridge and Robbie Slater. We could go back and I think every could have a good grumble over that again. It's
2: a well worn.
1: So as yeah, I mentioned, yeah, for sure, for sure. we're we're still in the middle of an international roundup. Before we get to the sort of main players, we've had the likes of Willie bolly Romain Sois, Nelson Samado, Leander Dendonker, Kiana Hover, and. Um, Prince of Portugal himself, Fabio Silva. He uh, had a good game, I think, middle of last week when Portugal under-21s, under-23s, beat Liechtenstein 11-0. Did you see Man, much of that?
2: Right. I watched I watch the goals, to be fair. Uh, I think he got... Did he get taken off at half-time? I mean, he'd already bagged two and maybe set up one or two as well?
1: Yeah. he. Um, the, the two goals that he he finished were were top quality, especially the first one where he left the Lichstone defender on his arse and I thought it was a good target man goal his second with the decent ball into the box and a strong header.
2: Yeah, yeah. Now he chose that that instinct man, you can't you can't coach that sort of stuff. He just he knew exactly what to do when he received the ball in the box. And um I think that's where the investment lies, um with regards to I don't know, his well um publicised fee. But I mean, his last performance in a wolf shirt was uh, a little bit disappointing, perhaps um, it, understandable given how badly we played. But, um, yeah, hopefully he can get back to that sort of form when he, when he does get the chance.
1: From my quick research that I did today, all the <laughs> um, the players that we've actually had go out on international duty, like I mentioned, Sace, Bolly, Kiana Hover, uh, Dan Donker, um, Fabio Silva... Nelson Samada, Ruben Neves, Jean Martino, Raúl Jiménez. We haven't had an international player taste defeat yet on this international break, which comes a long way from the times we had Irish and Welsh and Scottish players going to get beat every international break and coming back either injured or demoralised.
2: You've done you've done Mexico over there now. No, no, no they have still got to play tonight, um, but.
1: Hon have yeah. got uh, this Honduras,
2: was? Honduras. They should they should be they should be dealing with that. I was um
1: no, they've already yeah. been Honduras, no. haven't they? No, for the big Honduras 3-0. Who are the no,
2: 3 Um is it El Salvador then? I'm not sure. Yes, that's right. El Salvador, El Salvador. yeah. Oh, so no, obviously can...
1: Mexico, the, the big Honduras 3-0. They drew one all with Canada and Jimenez has played ninety minutes and just over an area you now. So I'm hoping he won't get too much game time tomorrow and comes relatively fresh back but with that bit of jet lag he's going to be pretty much getting off the plane and heading straight to Villa Park isn't it
2: it's not the it's not the right direction to be traveling in is it if you want to if you want to recover um is it but hopefully you know if he does play he bags himself a goal because I still think he could do with rediscovering his um his goal scoring touch a little bit but that last game against Newcastle I think we all saw the best of him um with the way that he links up with Huang, and I think the Mexicans are really pleased to, to have him back they've got a decent front three there they've got um, Lozano from Napoli and Jesus Corona um, from Porto as well so uh, pretty exciting players to be linking up with and uh, hopefully they can reap the benefits of Jimenez being there as well
1: did you see that video of um, Chucky Lozano hitting Raul in the face I didn't see that now I think and he, he was remonstrating to the ref when he gave Raul a backhand in the mouth.
2: Oh, serious? You've yes. got to keep away from his head, man. Like, I know, uh... as
1: said, we put a tweet out saying we, he's not even safe around his own teammates. Bring him home.
2: Saying that, Cody clocked one in the face, didn't he? And went against Andorra.
1: Ridiculous elbow, how it like... He
2: actually watched him, watched him. and He, he lined it, it up really like off. next
1: Luke. He did it yeah. back in the WWF days. That was pretty poor. That was really poor. Just going back to some of the players, obviously, uh, the Moroccan Maldini, Roman Sais for Morocco, uh, captain his side to two wins, five uh, nil over Guinea at home, and then four one away to Guinea. What, what's what's your opinion on Sais at the moment? I think it's his contract is it contract up the end of this season.
2: I think it might be up at the end of this season. Yeah, this was the season where they triggered the extension. Yeah, um, so I feel like. He's still not not appreciated enough as a footballer. I, I think we all understand that there's an upgrade to be had there, but I, I've I've seen stuff like oh he's not fit to play in the championship and he's just not good enough for this level. And you just think, well, he played forty yard games in a championship midfield in a promotion winning side. He hasn't finished below mid table. Um, and played regularly, you know, in the Premier League side as well for three seasons running. He's seen off, well, uh, if you can call it a challenge, maybe the likes of Ryan Bennett who have come and gone and people will still pine for someone like him, which, I mean, I, I don't really understand that. But he's not let us down to, to the degree that people would make out. That's my personal opinion anyway. But you'd like to think we could upgrade, like we say.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll discuss the lineups headed into Villa a bit later on the episode. I'm just going to touch on a couple more players specifically for Portugal. Ruben Neves made his twenty-fifth international appearance for Portugal last night in a 5-0 win uh, against Luxembourg, setting up a goal for Cristiano Ronaldo, which led to him breaking the international hat-trick record. What's your thoughts on that?
2: On which bit, sorry.
1: <laughs> you know what bit I'm on about.
2: I know which bit you're on about. <laughs>
1: The hat trick oh. record
2: oh god well this this was another example of um a portugal stat pad week, wasn't it luxembourg and uh, qatar was it um, yeah that, that he played i mean what what Ronaldo's still doing playing at that level i don't really know and i've got my own reservations about even Matinho. and we, we i'm sure we'll move on to talking about the respect he deserves but um you do wonder how these these fixtures kind of fall in in this manner.
1: <laughs> Money fixtures, are, and it's all about getting Ronaldo on the pitch to sell tickets and get sponsors on board. Obviously, Ruben Nevers' 25th in, international appearance it shows that you can take a step back in life to take two steps forward in the future. Everything that he sort of banked banked on himself doing, he's doing as an isn't he?
2: As in from coming to Wolves and then
1: yep, actually the- kind of establishing himself.
2: Yeah, yep. yeah. You, you you wonder what path he would have taken if he stayed at Porto um I know it was Nuno who kind of put him on the sidelines really wasn't it when he when he was manager at Porto and wasn't selecting him that often but they had the likes I think it was Danilo at the time who was there now at PSG uh, you know that that a pretty solid um they were pretty solid outfit at the time so he might have had another season maybe of a bit part role and instead, he's a championship title winner. He's an integral part of a team who has qualified for Europe in probably the toughest league in in Europe. Um, you know, he's constantly playing games where you'd suggest you know they're of a level probably higher than um, most of the games he can play anywhere else in Europe. So he's he's probably done himself a favour in terms of his own development, and he, I reckon he's a better player that he is now than he would have been if he'd stayed in Portugal and, and
1: run away with titles over there. You've got to respect the fact that he banked on himself to just come over to England. New culture, new new way of playing football. Obviously, the Championship is a really unforgiving league, isn't it? But going back to his midfield centre uh, partner, Jean Martino, 140 international appearances for Portugal now. What a player that we've actually got on our books. And over the last sort of 18 months, the unappreciation for the guy has been really harsh, hasn't it?
2: It's, I mean... His legs have gone, ain't they? That's what, that's what people will tell you. But he's a phenomenal player. And the fact that he keeps getting picked, keeps getting selected, keeps going as well. You know, he, at any point he could turn around and say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I've am i had enough at, at this stage. But you've got to respect the, the grind, the effort, and the amount of respect that he puts into pulling on that shirt. Because, we all know over the years playing at international level hasn't always been a priority for certain players. I think you know legendary players like Ryan Giggs. You know someone who, yeah, he wasn't playing for as, as um, established a nation as as Portugal, but who would actively opt out of playing for his country. Whereas Matinho will literally go out there, and you have to drag him off the pitch if um, if if he if you if you left him out there. So I mean. Yeah, like we say, I put some respect on his name. He's he's a phenomenal footballer, and we're just lucky to have him
1: at Molyneux. Second only to Cristiano Ronaldo for the most international appearances for Portugal now. And obviously in recent years they've won the European Championships and he has been integral entangled, entangled to their squad reaching the the finals and semi finals. Um, at-
2: Patricio as well made his hundredth appearance um this week. So, you know, yes, he's moved on. Yes, he's he's but he's a part of the history, and we again were you know privileged to have a player of that kind of experience and that kind of level in speaking of course.
1: having a player that we should be privileged to have but the fan base is still probably 50 50 at the moment kind of cody made uh another appearance for england the other day uh stating always a pleasure wearing the shirt and playing this team great performance from the boys and some top goals in the 5-0 win away <laughs> to Andorra. did you see much of that game gully
2: i watched um, I watched a few of the highlights. I think I, I'll, I'll be honest that I, I took a bit of a break from watching games live. Um, they don't really; they're not the most inspiring
1: fixtures, are they? England versus Andorra, and I think I think the fancast team in the summer would have given Andorra a game.
2: Well, from what I hear, yeah, you know, England were a bit pedestrian as well. Um, it wasn't quite the shellacking maybe that people would have hoped, but. You know, Cody, we all understand what he's there as part of the squad to do. He isn't necessarily there to play every single game, every single minute. You can see in the fixtures that he's selected for that Southgate appreciates his presence, but doesn't necessarily appreciate his talent. Um, And, you know, fair play to him. He's making the most of it. He's clearly enjoying himself. And I think he understands that he's, he's there for as much as, his off-the-pitch um, mentality and his attitude and his presence as he is on the pitch. And that's probably a, a lot to do with why someone like Bruno, you he can't, he can't let go of him from the side at the moment. I think those intangibles are, are really important to managers. And, you know, we've, we've seen, like, like we say, years gone by, England teams who, you know, are split down the middle, all the little clicks and things. And I can imagine Cody's one of those players who really brings everyone together.
1: Yeah, we've all seen it. Um, going towards december and when the african cup of nation comes and obviously we've got a lack of quantity of defenders heading into that sort of window and and with that tournament beckoning what how how fearfully are you if bruno decides to go at four at the back over at that period
2: i wouldn't i wouldn't describe myself as fearful um i think if he has to do it he probably understands that you know, maybe you've got to sacrifice a little bit um in other areas of the pitch, but this is the, the bed we've made. We've kind of got to sleep in it a little bit. And you know, the club have been quite apparent with their stance on signing a center half It was never gonna be just a numbers game. It was had it had to be a quality signing. So I I I, I, I don't I wouldn't have wanted someone to be brought into the club just to cover the the time from December the 20th through to the middle of January. Yeah, it wouldn't have made any sense to me. Um, What's so, your
1: opinions on Eloquim Mangala being constantly linked?
2: Yeah, the, thing, the problem with that is that he's been out of football for a period of time now um, without a club, without the fitness, without playing, to the extent where he probably, on a, on a run of games, he isn't a bad player. But if he suddenly got thrown into a situation where he had to come perform at the highest level, and that this is the highest level, he will look like a bit of a mug. And I guarantee you that, you know, you saw when he played for Man City, he was in and out of the team all the time. I always think with centre-halves, consistency is key. You build up a relationship with your other centre half, you build up a consistency. It doesn't you can't just drop a centre half and expect him to have an impact off, you know, minute one. That's just not the way it works. So you have to be able to you know, build up those relationships and parts of your game that you know maybe a striker can can come on for five minutes and score a goal because he's just in the box, he's off the cuff, he can play like that. Defending isn't about instinct; it's just, it's about those patterns and, and you know your positioning and knowing what off off your shoulder, what's happening and things like that. So I really don't see why why we would go into the free agent market to be
1: honest. Do you, Do you fear if we were to sign a player like him with the sort of high line that we've been playing to a degree this season he would get found out quite quickly
2: well I can imagine Mangala's is probably a bit more mobile than Kilman and Cody um for a start uh, but at the same time if that's what we're expecting from our defenders they have to they have to kind of put up or shut up kind of thing you know if they want to play in this team. They can't just be all hold their hands up and say, you know what, I'm not equipped for this. They have to be able to adapt their games one way or another. We're not in the Nuno mindset mentality anymore. We are a Bruno team. We want to play attacking football. Either you sink or you swim, and you know that'll be the real kind of measure of of, of this team. I think as and when we we hit that crunch period, but I think January we should we should be bringing someone in. It's the mascara thing has really killed us. I, I, I think that's that's the real key here. If mascara was okay, I think we yeah. would be feeling a lot better about ourselves.
1: Hungry like the wolf in the comments section has said, uh, Varane seems to have had a positive effect straight away in the absence of Harry Maguire. I think comparing Rafael Varane to Eloquent Mangala is probably a bit not really in line with the, the context of what we were going for. Yeah, but
2: at the same time, I wouldn't sit here and say Man United are a brilliant team now either. You know, he's, yes, his individual qualities stand out. He's got that extra yard of pace, um, which in certain situations, like the game against us, as an example, I think in individual one-on-one situations, he defended really well. But as a unit, Man United were a total mess. um, And we should have won that game, regardless of the fact that Rafael Varane probably played really well as an individual. Your defence is about the unit, you know, and and they were were all over the shop.
1: Well, Jimenez, obviously... um plays again tomorrow morning, uh, played in the 90 minutes against Canada in a one-all and uh, just over sixty minutes in the 3-0 win against Honduras. You mentioned that all he needs is a bit of a goal for confidence reasons. Is, is his travelling journey ahead of him something that you consider maybe not starting him on Saturday? I don't think we're in a position
2: to not start him. To be honest,
1: not yes, on the back but... of Fabio's riot with the under twenty threes. No,
2: I think um,
1: we're seeing the the blossoming relationship
2: between Jimenez and Huang. That needs to be, um, you know, kept kept t- together so they can continue to build up those patterns of play and um, understand each other's runs and things like that. If you, if you take him away from that and you know, little things go a little bit awry. I, I I I don't see how you can not start the two of them. Plus, probably, well, we're, we're going to talk about a lineups in the second half, I'm sure. But he can rest when when the, after the
1: game's finished. Ed Marshall in the comments section says Raul is getting back to his best. Is Huang the new jotter? Going to bring on another guest now. Uh, his name's Andy from Korea at FPL Sonaldo on Twitter. How are you, Andy?
0: very good very good thank you guys for having me on uh can no, you hear me
1: it's it's our, it's our pleasure to get you out of bed at your ridiculous time <laughs> uh, and and uh, you just saw the the question from our comment section is huang the new diogo Jota?
0: <clears> oh <throat> uh, wow uh, right off the bat first of all uh dan thanks thanks again goalie it's very nice to meet you um nice to yeah, so I think uh, possibly, right? I, I think uh, there is potential. I think, uh, you know, Hong is definitely not at the level of Jota yet. Um, and uh, at 25, he still has time to develop and, you know, blossom hopefully. But um, I think that connection with Jimenez, as Gully mentioned, is gonna be, uh, you know, a key part of how Hong's career in the Premier League progresses, as well as how uh, Wolves will, will do uh, this season. So. I'm very excited at the prospect of Hong replacing jota as uh, the new wolves partnership with Jimenez.
2: and Andy I th- uh, I read through um, a thread that you put together on 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 Twitter actually which is really interesting mm-hmm. and I think you mentioned the fact that Huang he isn't necessarily the best in one-on-one situations and taking people on I think I think I've noticed that actually he, um mm-hmm. you know when he looks to square up a defender and try and beat them he's, he he's, he's not quite sure what to do and I think trying to get him into open spaces and counterattacking is really the key isn't it
0: yeah that's uh that's the the main point i want to stress about Huang. uh i'm trying to be as subjective just because you know obviously being korean i, I you know there's going to be bias towards Huang, and and uh you know i'm gonna try to pinpoint his advantages but as you mentioned um the off-ball movement is what should excite wolves fans especially about Huang. so i'll give you a prime example um so why he struggles in the national team, and same with uh, Min um, Son, is because uh, Paulo Bento, who is our national team coach, kind of plays Huang quite deep and plays him on the on the left and right side a lot. So, what happens when you when you play Huang on the right side, for example, is naturally he is a right-footed player. So, it, you, you, uh, if you look at his heat maps from the left side, he'll make a lot of inside runs from from the touchline, right? But from the right side, he'll make a lot of inside runs and then go back to the touchline because he'll he'll want to like get get to that right foot again. Uh, if you know what I mean, so a lot of times he's hanging around in the wrong position. So there's a lot of uh, uh you know a lot of uh, people complaining in Korea about you know utilizing Huang the wrong way because he's not he's not a great one on one ball dribbler. I think his one on one dribble percentage here is around thirty percent. So that's that's really not that good, right? Compared to Uh, Adama Traore, who is probably one of the best dribblers in the game. Um, So where Juan can be utilized really, really well is playing that partnership with Jimenez. And I'm sure you guys are aware of how Lage was, you know, super uh, good at Benfica because of that big and small combo that he played around with. So like, for example, Sefrovic would come down deeper. That would allow Juan Felix to kind of make those runs. So I really hope to see that with Jimenez, and as you saw in the Newcastle game, those are prime examples of exactly what I'm describing right now, where Jimenez came a little deeper and Hong was making those runs, and and surprisingly, if you look at both those goals, right, Huang's like kind of playing very central and not to the touch lines. So I think his positioning for Wolves has to be in that central area where he's most dangerous. I think, like you said, uh, Gully, if he's wasted on the left side you know, he's going to do that, dribble. he's not going to get past anyone, maybe a one or two players and then just make a side to side pass. Um, I'm dragging on here a little bit, but yeah.
1: No, it's insightful. Andy. this is why we got you on. Obviously mm. he's had two appearances this week, um, against Syria and Iran. How is he actually mm. fed in those games for the people who haven't seen.
0: Uh, so first game, he was great first game. He was excellent. Um, uh, again, here's why. Um, first game, we played a much more attacking game against Syria. Syria is obviously a, a weaker team than Iran. I don't think people are uh, around the globe are aware of how good Iran actually is. Like Iran is an amazing, amazing football team nationally, and they have some physically dominating uh, presence in that team. Against Syria, Bento up, uh, applied Hong on the left left side. So again, uh, this is why uh, he had a successful game. Um, the reason why Huang struggles to lock up that left side on the national team is because of Sun. Um, most likely we're gonna have Sun play that side. So that naturally shifts him out to the right, where again, I mentioned that inside to outside run, which really is wasting a lot of his talents, right? Um, so during that first game, he had, I think, one big chance in the first half and three very quality chances. Um, and he could have he could have easily had two, three goals. It's just that his finishing was off. Um, and this is, you know, in general on the surface level could be the travel, the distance, you know, distance travel, the jet lag, you know, the time zone difference, this and that. Uh, the pitch was really bad as well, uh, but uh, he just didn't have it that day with with the finishing. But uh, for you guys and for the Wolves fans, I think the good part is that he was in those positions, uh, you know, making those off-ball movements, you know, being being a threat, getting that big chance is is. Is as good as the pass has to be. It, it's also his movement. So a very convincing first game. The second game, he go ahead. Mm-hmm.
1: No, go on. I, I, I was going to mention. Obviously, you mentioned how bad the pitch was. Obviously, on top of the jet lag, the the one chance that he had with us was a, a side <clears throat> foot volley, which he hit just over the bar. I think himself would have been kicking himself over that finish.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was a. Uh, I, you know, there's nothing to complain about, because, you know th- these players are humans, and they have these games where everything goes their their way, just like a trowy, and they just get unlucky with the finishing. You know, they just can't seem to 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 find the back of the net, you know, whether it's like a, a great keeper that day or they're hitting the woodwork or you know just slightly over the bar. So, i just think it was an anomaly i don't think you know he had a terrible game at all um so it was just uh unfortunate he could have easily come away with two three goals that game um so after watching that in terms of fpl as well i I was very convinced like okay he's in form right now he's he's you know he's gonna do really well um against iran he really struggled um and the reason why again is because he played on the right side um struggle in the sense that when he got the ball he looked very confident uh, he was actually making good, uh, you know, dribbles, past defenders, and and making the right passes and this and that. He was just not involved at all. Um, so his heat map shows that he was not inside the box, the opposition box at all. Versus in the first game, he was inside the opposition box and had five shots. Um, in the second game, he had zero shots and was really touch hugging the touchline quite a bit. Um, so. Uh, I think that I wouldn't play. I wouldn't read too much into it because systematically, wolves are just a way better team than and the national team in Korea. So uh, I, I think he'll get a lot more opportunities.
2: That's probably part of the problem of
0: kind of your two best forwards playing
2: in basically the same position, aren't they? And mm-hmm. you, you're always going to take Son over over Huang mm-hmm. for now, just because he has that extra bit of pedigree, extra bit of class. Until you know, Huang probably starts to prove himself and he's he's doing a good job. I think going back to Ed's question about Huang being the new Jota, I mm. I don't see Jota taking the two chances that Huang took against Newcastle. Mm. They were they were more difficult than he made them look, I think for sure. Mm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh it was annoying because I was I was uh you know, sometimes Twitter can get toxic and uh I was reading a lot of comments about how uh, you know the defense was bad and and how like you know obviously Jimenez's passes were great but um, you know people were discrediting those finishes right like those finishes weren't weren't, weren't that easy you know they they had to be clinical um, I'm sure you guys agree with, agree in that sense and um, yeah I think uh, it was a prime example of what Juan can be um, I, I I do want to proceed with caution because uh, obviously. He has to show this consistency. He has to show this uh, finishing ability, like Sun has done over the past two, three seasons, in order to get to that level. Um, and as a Huang fan, and I think one of the cool things is when a Korean player, because it's so rare, uh, goes to a a team like Wolves, where you know you guys are diehard fans. We we as a nation flock to becoming Wolves fans as well. Um, so I think a lot of Koreans are are tuning into these Wolf games and and really want him to excel and uh, hopefully become a very big uh, important component of your team. Mm.
1: Would you guys say something else, Gully? No, no, sorry. You go. Ahead.
2: You go ahead. You go ahead.
1: So obviously we spoke the other day, Andy. You mentioned about um, whether we foresaw uh, Huang starting every game. I think Gulley, it's a no-brainer at the moment, isn't it? That. As long as he can stay fit, he'll be in the starting lineup. He, and he is a good value player at FPL, isn't he under?
0: Yeah, I, I my question to you guys is is exactly that. And my thing is that you guys have uh, you know, not not you guys, but Wolves have so many you know, a plethora of attacking options, right? Like Neves was amazing last season and and uh you know he's gonna come back soon, I, I think. And you know, Trincao and and you know, I'm forgetting the names right now, but so many attacking options, including Charles Ray. Um <clears throat> What do you think happens when, when you know those those players are all back and and there's limited spots and and times to play?
1: Would you reckon that good? I think, me personally, I think it all depends on his his form at the time. I think if he continues to make himself a nuisance, like he has in the last couple of games, obviously takes the chances. I loved his second finish against Newcastle. With him getting his first goal at his sort of um, at home after scoring the first in the first half, I think it would have been easy to have snatched at that chance early. And I think there was a good second before he actually got his shot away where he, I think I was screaming for him to shoot And I thought he took his goal really well, the second chance, the second goal.
2: Yeah, because there, there was a defender sliding in as well. And so he wasn't just beating the keeper at that one. Um, it, it, he kind of had to time the, the strike really nicely and it, it just placed, Placed it so beautifully in the corner. I think with regard to the forward positions and options, Bruno has been quite um, adamant that he will pick based on the opposition that we're playing. Um, now, he brought Huang in because he's different to the rest. And that's based on what you're saying, coming from the left, making direct runs towards goal. Yeah. He has more of an instinct for goal than probably the likes of Trincao or uh Pedenz. and triore as well of course as an example now mm-hmm. the one anomaly there is probably pedro Neto when he comes back um so at this point in time i think you, you see Quang and jimenez as the absolute must must start at, at the moment but that third spot is, is is open depending on again like who we're going to be going to be playing i think sometimes if a defense is sat deep Troyore isn't quite as effective as um as he could be and the other thing again positionally Triore on the right hand side he, he struggles to have an impact towards goal it's always out wide and things um also thinking about you know someone like Trincao he's a really good player he's talented but does he have that instinct to score a goal so it's going to depend um and like we say we're playing Aston Villa this weekend I I think we may see a bit more open space in the attacking third or away from home. So someone like Traore should probably be able to take advantage of that. So hopefully I think we'll, we'll see maybe our kind of best available front, front three in, in, in tandem, which is really exciting.
1: I think that you've made the good point. It all depends on how well Pedro Neto comes back from injury and to be honest on how regular <laughs> is his game time is. I think out of all of our sort of attacking players, the the Biggest question mark at the moment is Adama for me. Um, obviously, he's one hell of a player and a, a player that I don't think we can afford to lose. But I think you, if you're going to see Jimenez dropping more into a number 10 role as we head forward, he's not the sort of player that <laughs> makes a sort of run in on goal. Is he Gulliam wrong?
2: No, no, he's not. He's not. He's, he's, a, he's a ball into feet and he carries it. Um, I think. Bruno would like him to to be able to do that, but it's not it's not an instinct with him. Uh, you know, you, you saw straight away with the way Huang made those runs in behind the Newcastle defence that was instinctive, um, as much as he probably has been instructed to do it. It's very natural to him to do that. Whereas Traore, throughout his career, has always been a player that received the ball, turns and runs at people, and it's it's becoming quite apparent that it's a difficult habit for him to to get out of. Now there will be games where. That's a really useful skill to have, you know, We when we play some of the yeah. bigger teams. We, the game against Manchester United, um, I think he, he was unbelievable that day and we should have won that game and, you know, there will be times for Adama. I don't think the Newcastle game was necessarily that one.
1: Yeah. Right. Andy, before <laughs> we let you get back to bed, because I think you're an absolute hero for joining us So. Uh, whatever time it is there do you want to tell obviously mm-hmm. sorry i didn't get time to do the image change do you want to tell people about your twitter spaces you sh- show uh, the enablers
0: yeah yeah i again appreciate you guys calling me on and uh, i hope i can be your kind of huang liaison or so so you call it uh whenever you need me to um, you know watch this international games and, and this and that so please let me know uh, yeah, so we just, you know, I'm obviously uh, FPL fanatic and and really enjoy and enjoy the fantasy aspect of the Premier League. So, uh, my good buddy FPL Bruno and I um, host space shows here and there, and uh, it's been steadily growing. And eventually, hopefully, we can do a podcast down the line. But I appreciate the the shout out, and uh, I wish I could enlighten your listeners a little bit more on Huang, but uh, that's pretty much. Uh, All I can cover at this point, and uh, I'm very excited for what's to come. I'm I'm officially a Wolves fan, um, so I'll be cheering you guys, cheering with you guys uh, from here on out. And um, yeah, I think I think good things are going to come very very soon.
1: Mm. Andy, can I put you on the spot one more time just before you go to bed? Mm -hmm. If Mm -hmm. Huang was to outscore Son this season, (laughs) will you change your Twitter name to FBL Juan I, I
0: I will certainly put Huang in my Twitter name for sure. Yeah. Maybe like uh, Son, Sonny Juan. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> You've but, got
1: plenty of time. Uh, You've got another hmm. 26 game weeks or something. To... What's the scores at the moment?
0: Um, so Son has, I think, three or four what goals, is... right? Yeah, Three goals, yeah. And Huang has, what, three already, right? So, oh, no.
1: Yeah, so you yeah, might as well yeah. just, you need, you need to stop thinking about that name now, Andy, because he's <laughs> the end of the season, so. <laughs> got a new hero and it goes by the name of Huang Hee-chan. Yeah, and I
0: actually want to make a, one more comment about, uh, you know, we're talking formation statistics and, and a lot of uh, football talk, but I think one of the cool aspects for uh, you guys and, and the Wolves fans is that, um, as I mentioned, uh you guys are getting a lot of coverage out here um, and it, you know, Asian players in the Premier League is super rare. And so especially when there's an attacking goal scorer that comes to the Premier League, not only does it uh, give exposure in Korea, it gives exposure out in Asia, um, you know, people will be very surprised with, I, I lived in um, Thailand for a little bit. So in Southeast Asia, for example, football is absolutely huge, right? And so. Even you know that you guys have so many sunny fans out there, and I, I think that this Huang thing could uh, generate a lot of revenue for you guys from a business aspect. And I'm sure that's why um, your current o- owner sees sees that potential in terms of uh, uh, monetary value. So uh, I, I hope I hope that this brings a lot of uh, exposure to such a great club in in Wolverhampton, and and hopefully um, more investments can be made in the future in Asian players. Mm.
2: And Andy, the January one, transfer market. Sorry
1: go, on. Mm-hmm.
0: Go go on. Sorry, go on.
2: Go Sorry, I just Gulley. had one question regarding Korean Korean footballers in general. Just because I think all the all the guys that have come over to the Premier League previously, they all seem yeah. to be able to use their left and their right foot pretty equally. I think uh, <laughs> I go back to like, well, Son can basically do whatever he wants with each foot. Um, mm-hmm. Park, Jason Park was was pretty good with both feet. Uh, Did Sun Ji Hyo
1: played left back.
2: He
1: was Chinese.
2: Lee, Lee Pio. Pio was Chinese. Yeah, he was Chinese. Lee Young Lee Pio right. played for um, mm-hmm. Tottenham. No. He could play both no. sides. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. is is that just a thing that you guys have naturally, or what? It, it, it's really that, impressive. Goalie. That's
0: yeah. No, no. That's an amazing question because I actually uh, had this conversation with a good friend of mine uh, this week, and he's a uh, he's a big footballing commentator out here, and hopefully maybe. he doesn't speak english but maybe we can have you guys on his show uh, on his youtube channel down the line i I think that'd be really really cool uh but uh the conversation we had was what is the problem with uh why we can't get to the next level as as a nation right and i think a prime example is not only korea but also japan i think korea is a little bit more different from japan but uh, so in, in Asia Japan and Korea are considered the top two two of the top teams right besides Iran and and I can think of Australia for example uh, but our, our the system and the footballing system out here is so technical that uh, people like the fundamentals are so important out here right so people they just, they, they teach the kids to use their left foot right foot, um, you know, you know, keepy ups for many, many years. I know Son's story is also he never played a game till middle school, right? And, and so, really? wow. because of that, yeah, he didn't. He never played a game till middle school. It's a really amazing story. Um, so, because of that, these guys are just so gifted with like technical ability on the ball, um, but that also translates into less creativity, less Traore, less you know Neymar. Like, it, there's no uh, you know kind of flare out here in some ways um but huang is kind of the opposite of that right like you know he's good with his left but he's very right dominant and he's he's got that like hockey like mental you know kind of strength so that's what excites me about him like he wants the ball you can tell like he's aggressive his nickname's the bull you know like even i'll notice his gestures in the first few games where he like he doesn't speak a lick of English, but he's like going like this, you know, asking for the ball. Like
1: he was you know, sh- he's shouting at me. Mama yeah, yeah. I, and I was like, "Ooh, well,
2: wow. first game." Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Like.
2: Mm. <laughs> so, just yeah. put you on.
1: Just one more thing, Andy, because I, I really mm-hmm. want to let you go because it's stupid that you're even talking to us at your time. <laughs> Come the January transfer window, apart from Hyung Min Son, because obviously we've got enough attacking players already. If you could choose one South Korean player to sign for wars in January, who would it be?
0: I love that question. And I'm very excited to answer this. All right. So you have Son min and you have Hong chan two, um, two probably the most global, uh, recognized Korean players at the moment. But in my thread, I mentioned, and again, no offense to Wolves fans, but you guys are so used to a three, four, three, five back system, right? Uh, you know, obviously tomato is a great, great option. Uh, I think Marcel, could be improved i uh, i don't know I, I would like to know your opinions on that but yeah, yeah. um i think i think right before i joined gully was talking about how maybe you're not comfortable going reverting back to a, a four back right uh, in terms of two center backs what uh, can you answer that real quick before uh, yeah that's mention... right yeah carry on mm-hmm. okay yeah so if that's the case i think if you're looking for a center back here is a player i would say is better than sonung-min from korea and possibly on that level is kim min Jae, and so definitely definitely look up look out for this name uh he just moved from uh the super league in china to fenerbahce in turkey and already uh the turkey president came out after five six games and said yeah there's there's no way we're we're selling a world-class center back for that cheap um so this guy is the korean monster he's the asian van dyke and i think he would Absolutely, do well in the Premier League and really be a force to be reckoned with. So, if he, if Huang is able to bring him to Wolves, Wolves are going to be really, really good. Trust me on this. Uh, he's an amazing centre back. Mm.
1: Thank you, Andy. Day, really mm. appreciate coming on. The contract is in your email box for future shows. <laughs>
0: Absolutely, I, I appreciate you guys having me on.
1: Mm. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Andy.
0: Okay, appreciate it. Yeah, enjoy.
1: Right. It's <coughs> the Mind the Gap derby this weekend, Gully. The social media rivalry that we all have come to be accustomed to over the last three or four years. You can see some of uh, former players there, Steve Frogger, Michael Oaks, Robbie Keane, Emmy Martinez, Jolene Lescott, the list goes on, Andy Gray, Courtney House, it goes on and on. What's your sort of feelings going into the game on Saturday, three o'clock? Are you going, uh, Gully?
2: I'm unfortunately unable to, to to bag a ticket, but
1: if anyone wants to chuck one
2: my way, feel free. I, I only live down the road from Villa Park, actually. Um, so I um I'll be rubbing it into to my Sunday League lot. Um, I've just signed for a team in Birmingham this season, and uh, they're all they're all diehard Villa. Um, if we get a result, but I, I'm 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 just glad to be able to. Get, you know, get back involved with the Wolves game. To be honest, it's it's been it's been long enough with the international break and stuff, and it it, it does frustrate me when I can't you know get my teeth stuck into something football wise over the weekend. But it's going to be an interesting one. I, I'm I'm not sure where Villa are at as a side. Um, they seem to have spent the the grillish money relatively well. Um, I liked Buendia when he was at Norwich. I'd love to have signed him. Um, and seeing him over there slightly envious of him he's had a weird kind of start with the whole argentina business but um him leon bailey and again another player that excites me um but i think that can be got at as well i i, I still i still see them as, as needing real reinforcements at the back and probably the central midfield as well um so i think it's gonna be a pretty open game and it, it could go either way
1: i think literally they one point in the league table shows that there is not a gulf between these two sides at the moment that they like us have had admirable, de- admirable defeat so far this season. I think that their three 0 away to Chelsea was a flattering scoreline to the yeah, home side yeah. that day. Obviously our first three games against Leicester, um, uh, Tottenham and Man United, we could have easily picked up points that day. Uh, they demolished uh, Everton at home. Like um, we ran out comfortable winners away to Watford and, to a degree, uh, was a nice win against uh, Newcastle. At the start of the season, I was ridiculed by uh, Villa fans for saying that their defence wasn't as good as they thought it was in a more impolite manner than I've just portrayed. Um, but they've conceded less than us. So who has got the stronger defensive unit for you?
2: I think a lot of that has uh, to do with uh, Emi Martinez, let's be honest. Yeah. Um... I don't want to sit here and say we're, we're out ahead in front of them just because I think we are lacking a little bit. But we also haven't played Willy Bolly um, a minute in, in the season so far. So the sooner he's back in the side, the sooner he's able to go out and dominate um, centre forwards in this new kind of style. And, and, you know, we need someone who's physically able to just go out and compete and and, and really just just bully a, a striker out of a game um, so the sooner that can happen the better really uh, uh, and uh, I, I'd like to see him in the lineup. and with Bolly in the side I think um, hands down I'd I'd, I'd take our defence over this
1: last time round at Villa Park it ended Although, 0-0 that,
2: every, concert, every concert is a, is a is a good player yeah
1: we, sorry, we joined on the last time at Villa Park. It, we won one of last 10, uh, last 10 away games at that time, losing five, which wasn't a great stat. We've not got the, the best record uh, against Villa in the Premier League. Villa have won five out of 12 Premier League fixtures, drawing four and losing three. What was your memories of Matt Jarvis's winner back in March 2011, the goal that pretty much got him an England call-up?
2: That was a strike, to be fair. It was, um, it, it was flicked on from a goal kick, wasn't it? Um, uh, free kick, sorry. And you know what? At that point in time, Jarvis was just everything he did would just seem to come Electric. off. He was unbelievable. Yeah. And there wasn't a fullback in the league that he couldn't beat. Um, and I was really pleased for him when he, when he managed to get that call up. But I mean, yeah, you're right. We haven't necessarily got the best record, but if we think about to the to the last game, the nil nil, you know, Roman Sace misses an absolute sitter again, um, a couple of yards out. Yeah. I just think we should have won that game. We could we kept them at arm's length as we tended to do we've tended to do, I think, since we've been, we got promoted. I d I don't see them as a they've never they've never sat I've never watched Villa and thought, you know what, they've probably been the better team against us in recent years.
1: That's right. We've won two out of our last three games at Villa Park. Leander Dendonka uh, scoring the goal that took us uh, three points away back in lockdown in June last year. Shall we look at what uh, the predicted lineups will be for this weekend? Um, Dan Wiseman from the heart to the hole sent me his uh, predicted lineup of what he wanted Villa to play. And he wanted them set up in a 4, uh, four 3 3. Uh, but last game, they actually played five. 3-2 away to uh, Tottenham what's, what's your opinions on those lineups that's my lineup on the right so I've got Den Donker in for uh, Neves which I think Bruno may go back to how we set up a way to Southampton
2: yeah um, I mean I just look at that video midfield and I'm like there's not a fact a lot there is there um, I, I had a bit of a they've... brain fart Whoa.
1: where I saw John McGinn and thought they had John McCamber as well
2: yeah, well, if that if could combine the combine the and McGinn, maybe that's what will come out. Um, that he might actually be a decent player, but marvellous. The has never struck me as uh, being a Premier League central midfielder, if I'm being honest. Um, I don't know what's going on with Douglas but um, it just you know, he's
1: missing for international like uh COVID restrictions, isn't he? As well exactly as. Well, Hungry Like the Wolf in the comments section says uh, they have Luis and Martinez unavailable due to internationals. I did, I wasn't aware that Emmy Martinez was out as well.
2: I mean, you, you take it, don't you? Absolutely. It's a bonus for it's, years. It's, uh, it, it, it's helpful for sure. Um, I think the left side of their defence, again, you can't not play a dharma, can you? It's, it's been, the pair of them have been have been terrorised by him before. Um, I wouldn't necessarily fancy a lot of players against Matty Cash and nursery concert. I think they're pretty good, pretty good, but their front line looks pretty tasty. I like Ollie Watkins a lot. Um, I, I still remember there being a, a a chat on on Twitter about who's the better striker, Watkins or Raúl. But you know, it's it's without doubt for me after the Newcastle performance that Raúl's the kind of more complete player. But Watkins has that work rate, right? and, and he, he's he's just a nuisance, isn't he? To to opposition defences, but I just don't see where, you know, that central midfield battle, we should be dominating, you know, entirely. So that should be where it's won and lost. And uh, if we can come out on top of that,
1: I'm, I'm hopeful. You gave me your hopeful lineup uh, earlier on today. Um, Nevers uh, Matino in the midfield, mid, midfield and Adama in for Trinco, as well as Bolly in for Sace with a bit of a rearrange at the back. Do you want to talk us through why you'd like that?
2: yeah i just think it's time to to, to reinstate bolly um, get getting back up to speed and allow us that that player that is, is just lit he's going to take any prisoners as a, as a as a setter off he he's the one i think he might have been top of um aerial Jules one in, in in the league last season and you think about situations like when um, Ivan Tony kind of rolled uh max max killman before the the second goal for brentford little situations like that are just totally avoidable if bolly just comes over the top of striker, top of a striker and clears the ball away um so you know max Kilman doesn't deserve to be dropped at all i think he's been our best defender so far this season taking him over to the his natural left hand side i think that allows us to probably build from the back a little bit better he, he, we seem to get a little bit stuck with him uh, when he gets the ball on the right at this point um so yeah, just he's our best defender. I, I I don't really see any other debate for it. Um, with regards to to getting him back
1: into the team, it's it's just it's just as for Bolly at the moment, isn't he? I think uh, I've made this comment in regards to Harry Kane for England. If he's fit, he has to play. But I think with Harry Kane with England at the moment, I, I don't think he's justifying why he's he's starting. But for Wolves, for me, if if Bolly's fit, he he starts. Uh, Hungry Like the Wolf and uh, our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media, are all stating that Emi Martinez is out of the game on Saturday, which, for me, and I believe you, Google, that's a big bonus.
2: Q, Q Jed Steer having an absolute worldie now, of course, um, which is usually the way of it when a sub-goalkeeper comes in. But
1: Apart from me? the last time you played at Molyneux and Ruben Neves scored this goal. Oof. I mean,
2: it, it was I've... totally telegraphed was in it I just, I just i was watching it happen i was like they got a clue what's gonna happen here do they but what a strike he's g1 he's g1 from there
1: he's g1 the uh the wonder kid from porto in uh obviously walls being uh, saturday 3 p.m kickoff walls feature on this week's uh <laughs> sky sports super six i've gone for uh, a two-all draw what's your score prediction for the game
2: I'm gonna go for a two-one Wolves
1: win. Two-one Wolves win for sure.
2: Just out of interest, I, I'm assuming you're going. Are you? What's your like, Birmingham away day like?
1: Uh, Getting to Birmingham City Centre early doors, and then get the taxi over to the Wittenham. Isn't it? Okay. Yeah. Get, Where do you It's probably him? like just over ten of us. Room going, so you, you you get a tag between a taxi between ten of you. It's only a couple of quid each not sure where my drinking spot is and i wouldn't like to give that out before really? a match in <laughs> case, yeah. I, get, That's I, get, case I get crowded yeah, by all my, um, the my fan all base time. out there yeah. exactly.
2: What was that? exactly you want to be able to get to the, you want to be able to get to the bar don't you you don't want to be able to get it clogged up with all your fans
1: it's bad enough the um the boss have not been able to see me over the taps never mind people in front of me hungry like the wolf in the comments section has predicted a 3-1 win. Okay. I would absolutely bite my hands off for that on Saturday. As always, once again, thanks for everyone who's tuned in tonight and supporting. Going back to what I mentioned earlier on in the episode, if you head over to our Wolves Twitter page, we're doing a old gold giveaway. All you have to do is retweet our pinned tweet, follow Wolves Fancast, and we'll pick a winner out in the next few days to win a Wolves retro shirt of your choice. Thanks to the Sport of Kings Winford, 90minute.com, which we're a part of the, the fancast network, and our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media, will be back uh, after the Villa game, I think with an episode on Sunday night, which will be out first thing Monday morning. Any further comments before we leave Gully? Uh
2: no, I think we're just happy to be back playing Premier League
1: football again. Thank fuck
2: for the international break being
1: over. We've had this conversation before. If there was anyone you didn't want during the international break, it's myself and Gully. So thanks for tuning in. And as always, thanks for supporting.